This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Rogers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein, one of the few bright spots in the sports industry right now. So, Perry, how are you doing? It's been a long week. Um, thought that today would be just a lighthearted day talking about some running backs, but we're about to get back on our soapbox for very good reason. And you know what? That's why we have this podcast. So we should probably talk about the article that just came out. Yeah, so if you live under a rock, um, the Washington Post uh, just released an article yesterday that said um, 15 women had come forward with uh, sexual harassment and assault allegations against the Washington NFL team. So being females in the sports industry, it is heavy and exhausting and unfortunate that when we read something like this, we're like, oh, again, like it loses its significance, which is a fear that I've always had about situations like this, because you start getting accustomed to them. It's like, to me, school shootings. Anytime there is a mass shooting in America, we say thoughts and prayers. This is so sad and nothing happens. So now again, we're seeing history repeat itself where women in the sports industry are coming forward and saying, I was torn between having a job that I appreciate and love and I've worked my ass off for, or like putting up with this shit that I don't need to put up with. And they're putting up with illegal behavior is what they're putting up with. Right. And I don't understand how as a society, we've gotten to the place where every single thing that we've ever had, like this whole year, first we had, a national, a global pandemic, and we decided to politicize masks and keeping each other safe. And we made social distancing an issue and we made it a political thing when it was really about treating each other with human decency. And then we had Black Lives Matter, where people decided to take the stance that those lives are less significant. And now, last week, we had to come on here again and say, hey, Let's not be anti-Semitic. This is 2020. Let's just try a little fucking harder. And now this week, here we are again with women getting shit on in the sports industry. And I'm over it. And like, I know Jacob jokes that I am America's sweetheart. And if you turn the podcast off, 
I don't blame you. But at some point, we as a nation need to wake up and say, what are we doing? Like, how did we get to this place where everything is so backwards and politicized when the forefront should be, be a good person. And we don't get paid to do this podcast. We don't get paid for much of what we do. We started this podcast because we wanted to be a representation of women in the industry, something that we really appreciate and love and do because we care so much. And then things like this happen and I will not speak for you. I can't speak for you, but we probably see like a 20th, a 100th of what happens to the other nationally recognized women in the industry. And every time it happens, it just, my heart sinks a little bit more because we have to find a way to be better and to get past this. It's so discouraging. It's so, it makes, um, I told Maggie before the show, like I'm not, I'm nauseous thinking about this. And the fact that 14 of the 15 women decide to remain anonymous because they're afraid of legal action. Why should they be afraid? They were sexually harassed in their workplace. They worked their ass off and went to school and interviewed for a job that already had the odds stacked against them just because of their gender and got a job in an organization. It was definitely their dream job. Speaking for someone who would love to work for an NFL team, dream job. And then to be treated that way, to make their daily lives that horrible. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced any kind of level of harassment or sexism, but it's not just something you deal with and then walk away from at the end of the day. Yes. You are anxious all the time. You're afraid to go into your workplace, which is where you spend the majority of your day. You blame yourself because no one's out there standing up for you. Your colleagues see it every day and no one's standing up for you. And so you end up blaming yourself and I just, I'm sorry to all the women, not just at the Washington NFL team, but all of the teams in all of the sports, in baseball, in hockey, in the NBA, in soccer, because I'm sure it happens everywhere. And it's not just in the sports industry. It's everywhere. Women get treated like second-class citizens. And I know that there are plenty of men out there who maybe would stand up against this, but when you have to decide between keeping your job and having an income and a paycheck, maybe a family to support and taking a stance against something wrong that might get you fired and you have to weigh all of those options, like no one should be put in that position ever. I just, I'm, it's, it's sickening. It's. I think one of the hard parts too, and Like being a female fan, I don't know if you felt the same way, but growing up, I always felt like I had to try so much harder. Yep. Be like to just be a fan. You have to prove your fandom. It's not accepted. You have to prove it. Right. Like somebody on Twitter was just talking to me about the Cam Newton thing from a couple years ago when he said that he was surprised to hear a woman talking about routes. Like you feel like you have to prove yourself every day because there's always somebody that wants to question your knowledge and ask you, like, can you name the whole 53-man roster? Yes, I can, and the 90-man, because we're in training camp. But, you know, like, there's always something, like, talk to me about personnel packages, talk to me about the route tree, talk to me about a 3-4 defense. And it's it's exhausting that women feel like they have to prove themselves 
to enjoy something that everybody should enjoy. And I know that the NFL and, you know, the sports industry in general is a male dominated industry, but it's not male exclusive. So, you know, it's not like you need certain anatomy to get a job in the industry. And I know that people say things like, well, if you haven't played it, you shouldn't get to talk about it. Well, there's plenty of, you know, male OBGYNs if we want to go there, but I, <laughs> I, I might cut this part. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't. No, seriously. Like your gender should not determine whether you're qualified for a job mm-hmm. and it shouldn't determine if you should accept harassment from your superiors. It just yeah. shouldn't. Perry, do you want to talk the fuck out of some football right now just because we can and we're good at it? Yeah, I would because we're <laughs> really, really good at it. Um, but before we do, I just I just want to say that um, if any of you listening, if this strikes a chord with you, if you disagree with anything that we're saying, stop listening because that's not why we're here. There are tons of women role models out there that have paved the way for us. And we hope that maybe someone out there listening is like, yeah, this is awesome. Look at these two girls who have a podcast and sure we don't, we don't get paid and (laughs) maybe not many people listen, but at the same time, like this is important to us and creating a voice for women in sports and women fans in sports is important to us. And so if you message yeah and you should probably look internally and figure out why you feel the way that you feel why all right let's talk about some running backs perry that's what we that's what we came to do today and then the world blew up because it's 2020 and you know (laughs) 2021 is going to be a glow up 2021 is just going to be like let's hope so don't even put that negativity into the air it's going to (laughs) be a glow up it's going to be like me going from middle school to high school at a major glow <laughs> up. <laughs> getting I need bullied. Some, I need some photos. <laughs> absolutely will never get photos. <laughs> All right. So the reason that we thought we'd talk about running backs today is because of the Adam Schefter tweet uh, where he posted a graphic that had potential 2021 free agents in the running back class. And it is about as stacked as a free agent class can be. So Obviously, Derrick Henry was the leader of that board, and now he just signed a long-term extension, four years, 50 mil, 25 mil guaranteed with the Titans. But there's some other names on that list, including Aaron Jones, which is why we're going to talk about it today. So Leonard Fournette, former first-round pick, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, uh, James Conner, Kareem Hunt, Matt Breida, Tariq Cohen, and Chris Carson, and Jamal Williams, because they left him off, which is a royal snub. (laughs) So, I I mean, mean, come on. So what do you think? I mean, what does this do for a running back class when it's that rich at a position? Yeah, running backs are having a tough go of it these past few years. I think they're trying to really prove their worth, and the league just keeps screaming out, like, you're not actually worth as much as you think you are. And um, while I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment, it's hard to argue with just like a simple supply and demand where there's this many running backs. There may be not as many teams that need a running back 
and therefore their price is just going to go down. And while maybe that's unfortunate for the player who feels that they deserve a higher contract, um, it may be fortunate for a team like Green Bay who would like to keep their star running back at an affordable price on a year where we have a ton of free agents to pay and the desire is there and the value is low enough or at a reasonable price enough for both sides to agree on because Aaron Jones can go and look at the rest of the market and say, look, I'm probably not going to get a higher value from somebody else. And I'd like to stay here. We've been in talks. Let's just get this deal done. Well, and the interesting thing to me is like, you look at this list, why does Delvin cook want to hold out? Like, I, I just don't feel like when the class is this loaded, when the Vikings know they can pass on Dalvin Cook, who is one of the more productive running backs in the league. It's not a knock against him personally or his talent, but if they could entice Alvin Kamara away from the Saints, like there's so many people in this class, Joe Mixon would look really good in their offense, that it just doesn't make sense to try and, you know, exceed the market and put yourself on a pedestal when there are teams that will say, okay, pass. I mean, like Le'Veon Bell is an example of that where he tried to sit and then he ended up going where he didn't really end up wanting to go because he just wanted to play football. Mm -hmm. And I think Derrick Henry is leaning towards the exception now instead of the norm, getting that kind of contract. And I just, you know, it seems like the running back market fluctuates so frequently. Look at a guy like Frank Gore, who's been with, I believe, 27 of the 32 NFL teams, where these guys just take a couple of year deals and keep moving because paying long-term contracts to running backs just doesn't make sense anymore. It's not something that's actively done unless you are like in the top three at any given year. Yeah. And it's like, I look at Melvin Gordon, who held out, wanted his money, came back and didn't play as well because he was sitting and not practicing. And now the Chargers signed Austin Eckler to a pretty nice deal that I actually kind of hope that's what Aaron Jones is kind of look kind of looks like. And the need just isn't there. Like there are tons of guys out there. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I think Dalvin Cook sitting out is just it's detrimental to him and the team. And not that I'm that upset about it being detrimental to the Vikings, but just in general, I think it's a, it should be a sign for other running backs to say like, understand your worth and understand what playing means and what sitting means. And not to quote uh, Marshawn Lynch, but like take care of your chickens, (laughs) but also like understand that by taking care of your chickens and sitting out, it might end up hurting you in the long run. And like, I don't really know how to follow that. I feel like we should just end at this exact spot, but I broke out the Marshawn Lynch. It's over. It's over. Um, but no, I like, you look at Leonard Fournette and fourth overall selection of a running back and well, oh, he's Patrick Mahomes, mind you. They had Blake right. Bortles and they chose Leonard Fournette. Well, exactly. So, like, if you're the Cowboys, you could argue that Ezekiel Elliott has done more for that offense than Dak Prescott. If you're the Giants, sure, you can argue that Saquon Barkley is a larger piece of their offense than Daniel Jones at this point. Maybe it's the growing pains. But there are some offenses around the NFL where you know that that is the focal point. So investing early, well, I think fourth is a little rich in general, you know, but investing that kind of capital 
in a running back, you're like, okay, that makes sense. But for most teams in the NFL, if you had as many deficiencies on an offense as you did, like look at the Packers right now, they're in a situation where they have a premier left tackle best in the NFL one of the best young defensive tackles. Those are two premier positions in the league outside of like quarterback and maybe a shutdown corner. That's it. Like that's what you want. Mm -hmm. So they will obviously have to prioritize those guys and figure out what they're comfortable saying goodbye to. Like now they have to think about Kevin King and Aaron Jones and Corey Lindsley, even though he's got such a great relationship with Rogers. Like those are the tough decisions you have to make. So many of these teams will be looking at the free agency class going, hey, this is our opportunity to get a star pass rusher like Zadarius Smith. This is our opportunity to get a safety or another position we need. Running back is very rarely like the premier position that teams go out and spend big bucks on. So the fact that this class is so loaded, it just feels like it's going to be a really inexpensive year for contracts. And I kind of feel for some of these guys that in any other year, they would be like the top back, but because they're all so talented, it's like, okay, well, your worth just went down to no fault of your own. It, it, it makes me feel like a lot of these guys will end up re-signing with the team that they're currently on because they know the fit is there unless they feel like the fit isn't there. But like for Alvin Kamara, for example, like I don't anticipate him going anywhere. I, yeah. I fully anticipate the saints re-signing him. Like same with Kenyon Drake and Aaron Jones, hopefully. And so it yeah like if it, it's going to make the decision making process i think in a different year maybe they would look out to the market and see what's out there but if the team that you're on and you're happy with the team that you're on offers you a deal i'm i'm inclined to think they'll take it i i'm just genuinely curious so aaron jones jamal williams aj dillon with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams both entering a contract year, what do you think the backfield looks like in 2021? I mean, are you optimistic that all three guys are back? We know AJ Dillon's a lot, but like, what does the rest of the room look like? I'm sorry. I think Jamal's gone. And I don't mean that because I want him gone. Of course I want all three of them there. I just think like given the people we have to pay, he's pretty low on that list. And unless he takes a team-friendly deal, which is very much something I can see him doing because he's a team player all the way, um, I just see him going elsewhere, mainly because I think his, like, sort of... He's he's a little bit similar in skill set to A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's bigger, and he's younger, with less carries on him in his career. And Jamal can be a staple in another offense. Like, he could fit very well in another offense, especially if his off-season work... You know, it looks like he's really working on his passing game. Like, it's only going to make his value on the market a little bit higher. And he's, I mean, who wouldn't want him on on their team? Like, you know that he's going to be a good guy, come in, no drama, team player, do what he needs to do, get it done, work hard. So, um, I'd be I'd be surprised if they resigned him. Yeah, Jacob put some bad juju into the universe and said that uh, Jamal Williams will be a cowboy next season. Why uh, would he say that? Because, uh, <laughs> because Mike McCarthy loves Jamal Williams. McCarthy but, does, but there are many teams that I think would uh, be able to use Jamal's skill set in their Honestly, offense. to me, he's the perfect Patriots change of pace back, and I hate the thought of him going to the Patriots too, but he just fits very well into a backfield by committee. 
because you never want him to be having to carry the bulk of your snaps. But when he comes in as a change of pace guy, he's phenomenal in that role. Yeah. But I mean, like, I know that it's, we can't really talk about it too much because the Packers did the same thing. So they have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams entering free agency. And then in the second round of the draft, they picked up AJ Dillon. You also have the Colts on here who have Marlon Mack entering free agency after he had a really good season. They got Jonathan Taylor and, you know, Kareem Hunt with the Browns, they have Nick Chubb. So they, they're pretty set with Nick and I, I don't really see it or envision them bringing Kareem Hunt back uh, when they could pick up probably a guy like Jamal Williams for a lot less. So just the dynamic of like, it feels like you pay one running back a significant amount of money to be the guy. And then you have to kind of just fit pieces together on team friendly deals to create the supporting cast of your backfield. Yeah. And that's what AJ Dillon is. Yep. It doesn't get more team friendly than being drafted because yeah, rookie know. deals and everything. <laughs> I mean, you, you build, you, you want your, your blue chip players on hopefully their first contract or, you know, your star players. Right. And then you build around them on people on their rookie deals. And that's how you build a championship team. That's why like, it was so important for the chiefs to win a super bowl last season before home signed his gajillion dollar contract um, because they could pay all those guys, but it looks like they're paying all those guys this year anyway. So like, who, what do I know? <laughs> but, but you never know. I mean, look, Russ ball has done some magical, magical things in the past to keep players that fit in our scheme. And, you know, maybe they're cooking something up as well. I, I also, I, I worry a little bit if this was a normal season, you know, I think this conversation would be a little bit more straightforward, but what happens if we don't, I'm sorry to put this into universe. Like what happens if we don't have a season or have a truncated season? Like the NFL hasn't come out and discussed what that means for contracts and what that means for extensions and everything along that, those lines. So, you know, everything we could be saying right now is moot because, you know, we just don't know what the NFL and the NFL PA are going to come up with when it comes to contract extensions in the case of coronavirus. Yeah. And I think like, this is, I believe, a rumor at this point. I don't know if it was addressed anywhere specifically, but I had seen rumblings that if you did get a test and you had to be quarantined, you'd be on injured reserve for a three-week um, designation and then be able to return. So I don't know if there's any truth in that, but the idea of a three-week IR, yeah. is not, I kind of like it. I kind of think that too. it gives players, guys, to recover, but I think... I guess what we haven't seen yet as a nation either is kind of what the long-term effects are. We, we know that there have been NFL players that have gotten it, Ezekiel Elliott, Vaughn Miller, just a couple big names. But, like, it, I mean, it, the fact that it affects your lungs and your ability to breathe and take deep breaths and if you get winded much easier now, you know, is three weeks even enough time to recover? And then, yeah. you know, like you said, what, the, what that does to contracts or – Maybe that is why so many teams now are opting for backfield by committee, because if something happens to one of your stars, you need to have other players that are ready to step up and fill that void. Like you don't want to have your offense be so dependent on a singular piece, especially this season, because we've never seen anything like this. I think backfield by committee, honestly, in general is a great philosophy. Um, Running backs take the most hits Their Their bodies, I feel like just get, banged up so much easier um and why not just 
reduce that for them. If you can have two or three or four guys that you can rotate in and out and they all have different skill sets. So keeps the defense on their toes and you can use them differently. We've seen Aaron Jones in the passing game. We've seen, you know, like we, there's, there's just a lot of different options. Maybe get some Tyler Irvin jet sweeps in there. (laughs) Like there, I feel like it's, it's only a positive thing for everyone. Um, besides the fact that maybe it depreciates the value of a singular running back because they're not so much a star like a, maybe a wide, wide receiver one would be. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes guys just have really good nights. Maybe you remember the game it was. I feel like it was the Lions game, but there was a game last season where Aaron Jones just couldn't get going. And, you know, they were just stuffing the box and he couldn't get going. And then Jamal came in and he would pick up five yards, seven yards, and he just kept the chains moving. So then you're able to bring Aaron Jones in for those flash plays because it's a change of pace. Like sometimes you just need something different. You need yeah. the change of pace back to set a different tone for your offense. Or you need both. I think about the Chiefs game this season. Like Aaron Jones had a big run. A, I think it was a 70-something yard touchdown. And then Jamal had that amazing like, I think it's going to be an iconic Rogers play, but like yeah. amazing back the end, end zone grab and both of them contributed and we, we needed both of them to win. And I think that's why like running back by committee is so important. Yeah. I feel like we're going to see a trend and I think maybe we already kind of are where, like you talked about the chiefs and we saw it with the Rams where the Rams invested all of this money to get to the Super Bowl, and then they lost the Super Bowl, and they haven't been able to find a way to get back. And the Chiefs feel kind of the same way, where right now they've retained almost their entire starting offense. They have Patrick Mahomes locked up. They have Chris Jones on a mega contract. And then they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was phenomenal. So it's like, okay, did they really, like, they didn't lose a step at all. Well, can I tell you, can I tell you my one concern with the Chiefs though this season in yes. that, yes, everyone's very excited that they retained all their players, amazing Super Bowl team, but think about how much tape we have on this team. Like think about all the defensive coordinators who are watching the tape on the Chiefs from last season. Like Andy Reid is going to have to get creative with the pieces he already has because really Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the only new significant change. Like you can't just come out with the same offense next season because defensive coordinators and defenses are going to have answers for them. Yeah. And we didn't really talk about this ahead of time, but it's a nice segue into what Matt LaFleur's offense could look like in his second season as a play calling head coach all off season. We, you know, we talked about this after the draft, he's been emphasizing that he needs three talented backs to effectively run his offense. Jace has, Jace kind of lost his rookie season. So we get him back. You get Josiah DeGuar, you have Mercedes Lewis, you have Rob Tanyan, who I still think can make a difference in the offense. Like it's exciting to think about the different personnel packages that are available. And you had said that you watched uh, the Baldy breakdown with Devonte Adams, but hearing him say things like, Oh yeah, we were in a 13 personnel where there were three tight ends and we had to do it so that I was in man coverage and I could, I could get a touchdown. Like, just the different things that this offense will be able to do in 2020 with these different unique packages is really exciting. It is. And I think the one thing I took away from Devante's film breakdown session was how much trust him and Rogers have in Matt LaFleur, because that was so apparent to me, especially on that play that you're talking about in the Seattle game where he was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like they hadn't practiced it. 
And LaFleur was like, yes, you know how to run this. Aaron knows how to throw this. Trust your chemistry and just go. Um, and I think that's the kind of stuff that we're going to see in year two because they've been together. And, and I know that there's like this sort of, sort of truncated off season or not really an off season and whatever, but I think I'd rather it be this season than last season. Like imagine if our first yeah. year with a new head coach had this year, like that's a little unnerving. Sorry, Cowboys. Um, <laughs> and Panthers and Panthers yeah. and Washington, but we don't feel bad for we Washington feel, right now. We don't care. Let's chuck them into the sea. <laughs> Give um, them to London. Just. Um, Washington DC is going down into the swamp anyway. So, um, <laughs> and scene, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot, going to be a lot of creative, creative things. I think we're going to see, um, a lot more. I mean, I, I feel like I say this all the time, but I want to see Jamal and Aaron and then Aaron and AJ in the backfield together a lot next season because, there's just so many things that we can do off of that. And I know that this whole power running back scheme and the play action is going to come off of that succeeding, but it's going to succeed because of our running back committee. Yeah. So if you're listening to this episode and you've made it all the way this far, um, please tweet at my husband and tell him that it's okay for me to buy an AJ Dillon Jersey, even though we're trying to buy a house and we need to save money for our down payment because I'm still so excited about AJ Dillon and he's the only draft pick that I've ever had actually come to green Bay that I wanted. Um, and that, I don't know, maybe that seemed a little random, but I was just thinking about Derek Henry and the fact that the Titans also landed, uh, Darienton Evans from Appalachian state. And I really liked him too. So the fact that AJ Dillon is in green Bay, just, you know, you want to help me help me get a 28 Jersey. You know how to do that Twitter. At Mark Loney. It's, it's not actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. He would probably be mad if I was like, hey, at him. He'd be like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> These random people being like, let your wife buy an AJ Dillon jersey. He's like, what? You had to put that he was my uh, husband in his bio because people would be like, who is this guy? He just comments on all your shit. <laughs> yep. Say, I'm allowed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm in his picture. Like, look harder. Like, Try I'm harder. not a creepy random fan. I am her wife. <laughs> He's my number uh, one fan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cute. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Now that we're off the rails, is there anything else that we want to talk about before we do no, a short? No, I just miss football. I'm going to keep this in here. <laughs> <laughs> I just do. I watched, I watched the Detroit game uh, Thanksgiving Day 2011 last night because I hadn't watched the game in a while. And it was just really, it was just really nice. I miss them. And Sue got kicked out for uh, kicking one of our offensive linemen. And I was like, yeah, get him out of here. It was like nine years ago. This happened. <laughs> like, I know that this happened. I'm still cheering. So anyway, yeah, long story short is I'm ready for football. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way of me saying that I'm so bored. <laughs> yeah. The most recent game I watched was the Bucks game from 2011 where BJ Raji got a rushing touchdown. So yes, I just watched that one as well. Yeah, going in, going in order. Well, really, okay. I'm not like some weirdo who's just like <laughs> watching old games to watch old games. I'm I'm learning scheme right now, and so there was a lot of pausing. It took many hours to get through that game because <laughs> I was looking, I was looking at the green and, and finding the green, yep. finding the green, and 
mostly watching the defense because that's sort of what I'm focusing on right now. And Tremont Williams almost had another pick six in this game because he's amazing in trap coverage and I spotted it. And I rewatched it almost like five times. Here, just- I miss Tremont Williams. <laughs> No, I feel like it'll be really interesting to see what happens with the rest of the free agent market. Like, there's plenty of guys that should have homes right now that don't because of the pandemic. Like, Clay Matthews, Snacks, Mike Daniels, Tremont Williams. I just, I don't know. This is, like, the weirdest year in all of the years. Yeah. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) All right, Perry. If the people on social media are still listening and they want to find your work, how can they do that? Uh, they can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein on Twitter. Um, I podcast every three weeks about with the pack a day team, Tyler and Mike. So you can find me there on the Sunday team. Really fun. There's like six of us that sort of rotate out and always really interesting. And they're just the smartest guys. And I love talking ball with them. So also, please follow the Packs What She Said podcast Twitter at PWSS Podcast for any updates and news from us. There is going to be some serious news coming soon. So, we hope. We really hope. Yeah. I'm putting it out <laughs> into the universe. So follow us for, for that update. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. You can find me on social media at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV, and I podcast with the Thursday crew of Pack-A-Day. It is... Jacob Westendorf and Nick Schmitz. Thank you as always for listening to Pax What She Said. We genuinely, genuinely appreciate the support of the people that listen to the show. You let us get on our soapbox. You let us talk about things outside of football, human rights issues that mean a lot to us. And we wouldn't be here without you genuinely. So just thank you. Wear a mask, social distance, be nice to each other and go Paco. Go Paco. Oh,